everyone, welcome again to the podcast with me, Afro7, your favourite pop culture critic. Today I've got with me a regular and frequent guest on the show, one of my favourite persons to discuss politics with. And he goes by the name of Michael. Michael is a London lawyer. He deals in what, maritime or insurance? Which one is it? Insurance. Insurance, that's right. So yeah, Michael is here and we're just going to get into our usual, you know, our usual Nigeria, what's going on situation. So stick around. And thank you for tuning in again. Hello, Michael. Hi. How are you? Oh, hello, Tola. <laughs> How are you? I'm very well. I'm very well. Yeah? How, how How's life been treating you? Well, uh, the past few months have been exciting because uh, politics is my hobby. So when there's drama, I get more excited. And You see? So it's not just me. You see? You see? <laughs> yes. Yeah. So... So I'm thankful to the Buhari and ABC government for making my... Ata. <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 it's been quite exciting. So over the, over the last couple of days, we've had a, a march that was scheduled to take place uh, with a two-face. And Enough is Enough Nigeria. And who else? You know, just some not-so-well-known uh, civil, civil groups, civil society groups and all that. So, um... You know, and yesterday, Two-Face announced that the march had been cancelled. And obviously, this generated a lot of chatter on the interwebs, as you know. So what's your take on that before I get into my initial take on it and why I still stand by that, you know, take? Let me hear what you think about that. Well, I think the the march and the cancellation of the march is one of the problems which with Nigeria, which is the fact that once you take all the fluff out of the conversations, mm. Nigeria is basically a medieval patronage system mm. where almost all the key players to survive have to bow down before the throne of Asorok. Mm. From the entertainers to the NGOs to the politicians, they talk tough on TV or behind the scenes, they are genuflecting before power. Isn't this the case? So that's the mm. summary of all that it that is happening. Mm. The likes of Gani Farami or Felakuti mm. would be turning in their graves if they heard that Two-Face, after marching his troops up to the top of the hill, decided to march them down again just because he received uh, threats from Asurok. And that's the problem with the Nigerian political space at the moment. Nobody has backbone. Buhari is misbehaving. And literally all the political actors save for maybe Fayoshare, Fanny Coyote, and Wike. Mm. Those are the only three who are actually saying anything. Everyone else who knows things are going wrong is more or less pretending that they're not aware. Mm. I mean, I get you. I get you. And I pretty much, to an extent, I feel the same way. And on the march, we're not, we're not totally aligned because... And I spoke, I spoke my piece about this and I wrote about it. I don't think, personally, I think there are a lot of people who who benefit from the status quo, who enjoy the status quo, who have gotten wealthy from the status quo. Two-Face hadn't necessarily gotten wealthy from the status quo, but he certainly benefited from the status quo. You know, you had his wedding, uh, uh, governor, the then governor, Apabio, flew people out for his wedding, bought him a Jeep, you know, fixed a road because he was having a baby. All these things to me signifies a fellow who is close enough 
to the status quo to be a direct beneficiary of the inefficiencies in the system. So I wasn't very happy that he called a march. I found it very cheeky. And I said so. At the time his wedding took place, I expressed these same reservations about the fellow. So now again, I'm expressing the same thing. So I was very surprised at the reaction that that garnered, you know. But that said, I thought the march was a good idea. I mean, it felt a bit inorganic because it felt like there was nothing building up to it. Do you see what I mean? It was just announced out the blue. But I think it's time for a march to hold. I think this government has been a beneficiary of a lot of civil unrest during the time of Good Luck Jonathan. And I think it's time that it felt the direct voices of the people. I mean, I wasn't certain about who was leading the march, but I am certainly in support of the march itself. And I really hope it does go ahead on Monday, and I hope it sparks something across the country. You know, that's that was my take on it. As for the cancellation, um, see, I'm not sure. This is exactly what I wanted us to discuss. I'm not actually sure that it was Asorok that lent on him to cancel it. I think it was more Lagos. Well, from... I mean, I've... Via my activities on social media, I've been able to cultivate a few uh, journalists from a few newspapers who are in the know. Mm. And what they have all told me is that there were two reasons why the protest was cancelled. The first is there was a directive from Asorok. And in fact, there's actually a power struggle going on in Asorok because if you noticed, the VP's office and Asorok proper were giving contradictory uh, directives mm. whilst the VP was sort of trying to say I have nothing against the protest. Yes, 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 I read that. Asorok yes. via the Inspector General and another group mm. were saying no, this will not take place. So basically And then the, La- the Lagos CP himself came on channels and, and clarified, he said the march would be allowed to go ahead. I heard him. Well yes, so there's a different uh forces the mm. asset group led by mamandara have put their foot down they've more or less overruled the vice president mm-hmm. and the dss has also warned those who need to be warned that look don't go ahead mm-hmm. and i suppose the confusion benefits the government as a whole because yes yes of course so the, it's almost like one side is playing good cop and the other side is playing, playing bad, bad cop, cop yeah but on the on the lagos side the other issue is with regards to tinubu and his camp mm. tinubu one of the reasons why I'm disappointed with him is he's, he's more or less given up on this government, but he's still sort of flirting with them. He, he's not showing his cards. So Tunubu was afraid that if the march took place in Lagos, they would hold him responsible, or Buhari's people would say, Of oh, course, I mean, look, of course, this is, what, this is what I was saying to you, because if you clearly remember Occupy, that was hijacked by the political class. If you remember Occupy, Occupy didn't start off involving the political class. They injected themselves into it. If, I don't know if you remember, they injected themselves into it. And so it, you have a situation whereby Fioshe is already saying, yep, I'm coming to the march. It's definitely going to look like an opposition situation. I mean, to be honest with you, I don't even see anything wrong with an opposition march. But you have a fellow out here saying, no, it's not about any political party. It's about Nigerians. And then you have Ayofayoshe and people of his ilk saying, we are going to show up. There is no way Tinubu et al. wouldn't cop the blame for that because... When Occupy happened, what were they saying to Goodluck Jonathan? It was sponsored by the opposition party. So it's not impossible to imagine that Asorok would have taken that as a sign that Lagos had definitely broken with it. But but this is my issue with the political class. Mm. They don't seem to have a sense of history. 
Because if even when you study what is happening around the world in terms of their political development, mm. there comes a time in a man's life where you have to stand for something. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Tinubu has enough money. He doesn't need money anymore. Tinubu has enough pleasures in Lagos. He doesn't mm. need anything anymore. At his age, this could be his final thing for once. Mm, I think not just you, I think, I think, politicians I, in general. Michael, I think you're asking for, I think you're asking for too much. For <laughs> I think you're asking for too much. I mean, I think we're pretty much on the same page with this, which is the political class is a joke. And like you said, Tinubu has nothing to lose. But what he does have to lose is that he's, he craves power. Power is what he wants. And he will, by all means, guard jealously that need or that power itself. Do you understand? So whilst there might be fissures between Lagos and Asselrock, I don't think they wanted it exposed so brazenly by this march. Now, Two-Face's association with the march and all the other controversies that have gone on since his announcement have made the march more popular, right? You know, so it's really broadcasted the march, etc. And the turnout might have been way beyond what they expected. Do you see what I mean? And that would have signaled to Asselrock that, yep, Real or false, these people are being backed by Lagos and they have definitely broken with us and that would have snowballed into a bunch of other things. Do you understand? Well, but but the, the thing is, with or without Two-Face's involvement, mm. it is obvious to anyone with a brain mm. that all is not well with Nigeria. If, if Dara, I mean the DG of DSS, was actually doing his work He'd see from intelligence reports reaching him from the states that all is not well. He does not even take a march to tell him that. Basically, yes, but do you do you think so they know, Michael? They know, but they just want to keep a lid on things because the thing is they don't want to lose control. So they imagine they can control a march of two by controlling Two Face, right? But do you think they can control a march if a hundred thousand people turned out? They don't want that situation. They know. Don't think they don't know. They are trying to control and manage a situation that is rapidly spiraling out of their control. Well, but the the sad part is the more they try to suppress, the more it's likely to spiral of their control. Because my suspicion is this march is probably what would have saved Buhari's government. But by suppressing this... They've only just postponed the evil day, and something even worse might happen. Oh, yeah. Because more or less, the southeast oh, is yeah. restive, the south south, the parts of the north are restive, the southwest is so restive. The, so, the southwest, Lagos is restive. And Lagos is yeah. restive because Lagos is only, I mean, people get mad at me when I say this, but Lagos is really only half Yoruba. And I'm talking about in terms of the population. Do you well, understand? Yes. So it's 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 the Lagos is restive. If Lagos is restive, Nigeria is restive, whether we agree or not. Well, but the, the uh, problem is, as I've always said, Buhari himself doesn't care. Buhari is, is old. I think being president was just something he had to take off his bucket list. He's done it. The people around him who should care are only interested in wealth. So as far as they're concerned, as long as they're making money and Buhari's in power, they're not bothered about what else oh, is going yeah. on. So let, 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 let's, let's segue. That's a nice segue. Let's segue into this Buhari's absence. So... Just before we came on, we saw a tweet by Sahara reporters. We don't know if it's true, so let's assume it's true. Listeners, play a hypothetical with us, because by the time you listen to this, the president might well be back in the country, but then he might not. So play a hypothetical with us. Let's assume the sixth comes around and the president is not back in town. Michael, what are you going to read into that? Well, uh, forgive me for going into history, but 
this is where sometimes I get annoyed with those, in quotations, intellectuals who sold Buhari. Even during the campaign, we knew he was not well. He lied that he was going to London and disappeared for a few days. APC intellectuals helped to circulate fake photos of him in a hotel in uh, Abuja, when in fact he was seeing his doctors. And I remember even tweeting and saying at the time that, look, you guys need to pin down and find out what is wrong with this man because you guys are playing a dangerous game. And at that point, the whole euphoria was GJ must go. So nobody was interested in finding out what was wrong with this man. Fireshare raised the alarm and Fireshare knew because obviously there are DSS reports on the movements of all our VIPs. So they knew Buhari was not well, but nobody said anything. So to be honest, at this point, whether he disappears or doesn't disappear, he's always been playing this disappearing act from the moment he came into office. I mean, this dude has been abroad for so much of the time. That Michael, 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 I know you're keen to rehash history, I understand, but answer my question. The sixth well, comes around, he's not back in the country, what are you thinking? Well, all that is going to happen is what is currently happening, which is Mamandara, read by and Abakiari, are running the country. The prof is sitting in Aguda House, uh, pretending to be in charge, but he's not in charge. Yes, yes. As, as long as the uh, political elite are still trying to curry favor with Buhari, nobody's mm. going to say anything. Mm. Mm. We'll just keep, Lai Mohammed will keep telling lies. I know he, a few days ago, he said. Yeah, <laughs> that was quite funny. <laughs> That, that was quite funny. You must, you must admit that was quite funny. Yes, well, they'll keep turning logic on his head. Uh, they might even tell us that we're the ones who are sick. Mm. And it's because we are sick. We're seeing sickness in Buhari. Mm. So there will always be an explanation. To be honest, I've lost faith in political elite. All I'm just... You know, they lie too much. They lie far too much. And it's all just protecting their own interest. That's the long and short of it, to be honest. You know? Yeah. My only suspicion is what might happen is the type of uh, Tunisia-type protest where some dude was selling bread. I think it was bread. Oh, I think it's going to happen that way. I think it's going to happen that way. Where the frustration just gets too much and something yeah. sparks something. Yeah, I think it's going to happen that way. Because, I mean, we all say Nigerians, you know, we endure a lot. But you push someone to the wall, they will turn around and face you at some point, right? So I think I think that moment is, is rapidly approaching. I mean, in a way, in a way, I mean, though I was never in support of his leadership or the protest, in a way, this two-faced thing is a good thing because what was gonna what was gonna look like, you know, to the outsiders, not to me personally. I, like I said, I don't even care who sponsors the protest. That's irrelevant, you know, to me. What was gonna be a small demonstration, maybe some a couple of musical acts of sing and go home has now turned into something that's actually organic. Because a lot of people are interested in this march right now because they are angry. They are angry. And even if on Monday only 300 people turn up and it goes well and they express their anger, you know how social media does, on Tuesday, if the protest continues, more people will turn up and so on and so forth. So they've actually inadvertently started something that, that probably wasn't going to be which makes me very happy because I see if Buhari doesn't turn up on Monday, I hear stories. I hear stories about he's meeting one leader or he's meeting the next leader or, or, or he's, 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 he's busy doing something for Nigeria. They're never going to tell us the truth because they didn't tell us he was going to see his doctors, right? They're not telling us what's wrong with the fellow. They're not going to tell us how long we should expect him to be absent for because, because Michael, let me just land. I'm going to finish in a moment. 
if the end of the week comes and he's not back, the voices calling for the truth will get louder, and rightfully so. Because the, the way it happens in Nigeria is our political elite are cowards. Mm -hmm. They won't call for anything. What they always do is they make sure the coast is clear. Like we can use the Obasanjo example. Even when Yaradua was playing hide and seek, Obasanjo actually was allowed by the government, the Yaradua family and the Saudis, to go to Saudi Arabia and visit Yaradua. It was when he got there and saw that the man was in a vegetative state that he came back to Nigeria and then gave that statement where he said, if you know you're not well, then you should resign. Mm. Because at that point, Obasanjo was sure that the man was out of the picture. Yes, 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 yes. So, I get you. That's the same game. Oh, you're right. Play. You're right. Right now, they're not sure what the picture looks like. So they're going to hedge their bets because if yeah. it turns out that the fellow gets better and turns up the following week, yeah. you're, you're very right. So it's the citizens that will be making noise. The political elite will be telling us anybody can fall sick, pray for him, yes. as they were during <laughs> during the time of Yarador. Yeah. Yes, you're right. Yeah. That's exactly what they're going to be doing. And there's going to be obvious there's going to be an obvious silence from Lagos, from the notoriously loquacious Obasanjo himself. You know, yes. and anytime you hear leaders repeatedly saying pray for somebody, you should be worried. In the past week, we've heard all kinds of characters saying pray for Buhari, and that to me signals danger. Well, they're all that's that's the all they can say because they're all hedging, they don't know what is actually happening. The only thing that I think is interesting is the fact that Lord Jonathan has been pictured with Peter OB, and in, in America, Peter OB over the past few months. He's so raising he's got, his profile. He has paraded because I don't. I don't know if you remember, but if you, I think it was last month, Obasanjo actually publicly stated that the next president of Nigeria should be Igbo. Mm. Because no, I think you, had, you, know, you know, you know, you know what I feel. You know what I feel about that already. We've discussed it many times. I feel it's about time. It's about that time. And if you present to me an OB and and some other smart young northerner, I'm down. I'm totally down. The, well, the, my, the problem is I don't see that. the problem is I yeah. don't see it happening. That's the problem. Well, my my I have two issues. The first is the reason why they are parading the the Igbo presidency is because contrary to the public postering, the intelligence services can see that this IPOP thing is about to spiral out of control. So if they don't bring in an Igbo man to either the presidency or the vice presidency soon, IPOB will they will literally leave because the Igbo intelligentsia, especially the ones in the diaspora, are very, very successful people with a lot of money. Mm. So they have millions of dollars to pour into this IPOB cause. And the intelligence services know that. So that's why in the Nigerian uh, appeasement fashion, all they always try to do is bring somebody into the system yeah, to, I mean to nullify the agitation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how it goes to nullify. So, so you and I discussed this. I think the last time we we got together on this podcast, and we discussed the possibility of a of an SE South uh, vice president. And I mentioned yeah. then that I was down with an Atiku Obi ticket. I'm still down with an Atiku Obi ticket. Essentially, Peter Obi is a bride now, the sexy bride. And you can see the 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 fighting going on between Rocha Sokorocha and and. Uh, a big Willie Obiano of Anambra. Yeah. Yeah, you yeah. can see because they know. They know. I mean, they, these guys, they're in the know, like you know. They know something is afoot. And they know that one of them is going to be the, the sexy bride 
to these political parties. Now, P the PDP is going to woo the Southeast, as is the APC, if it still exists, it's going to woo the Southeast. Now, I see a situation whereby, I mean, I don't think uh, Aerofire is going to run. You know how I feel about him. I think he's a, he, he, he can get the job done. All the other things, wait, wait, wait. All the other accruitement to the side, I think he can get the job done. But he's not going to run because he's not going to win. He's made far too many enemies, so I X him from the equation. It's going to come down to Atiku and whoever the Buhari camp feels comfortable with. And yes. the, the difference is going to be who is on the vice presidential ticket. And if the PDP can get its act together between now and 2019, which I'm not banking on, but it's definitely possible, right? So whoever Obi or, or, or Biano goes with, we shall see. Well, I, I think the, but I think you're probably right in the sense that if Rafai is as smart as they say he is, then I suspect he's probably seen that it will be very, very hard for him to win because he's made a lot of enemies. Boxing. Too many enemies, yeah. You, you never rule anything out. I think, yes, the APC might. I've heard uh, two names that they are thinking of presenting. There's uh, the Minister for Works. Uh, yeah, I heard uh, about the youngish guy, highly educated kind of guy. Yeah, I heard about yes. him. His name escapes Yeah, his name escapes and, and then recently, I've also heard that Babagana uh, Kingibe is also another option. God, why? Because uh, they're both from the northeast, and the calculation is the northeast is the region that has been deprived in the north. Who so cares? <laughs> do do you think that jury at large cares about the northeast? The north often presents itself as a block. So why is it now convenient that they're going to be northeast and northwest? Who cares? Who well, cares? but that's, that's the way they they do the calculations. I think the northeast is the whole Adamawa border. Uh, mm, 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 and that's where that's also where Atiku comes from. Yes. So the suspicion is is going to be. Uh, Probably the president, presidential ticket will be from there. The person to watch, I think, is uh, Governor of Gombe State, Dan Kwambo. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people seem to think. Ah, he's but don't, 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 don't forget, don't forget this. Is it the Sokoto governor? What's his name? Tambuwa. Tambuwa. Don't forget Tambuwa. Tambuwa is the northwest. Don't. So. But but listen, this this rotation thing goes like this, Michael. Right. Yeah. The north, per Nigerian terms, has one term left. Hmm. Before it goes back to the south. Now, if I'm a southerner and I'm in this mix, people like us, we're in this mix, right? We want somebody who's going to serve one, one term and get lost. Now, who amongst these younger men is going to agree to be president for one term? None of them. None of them. And I don't see how. We go with, because I don't see Buhari running again. It's just not going to work. It, I just don't see it. If if the well, people want him to run, and people who want to line their pockets want him to run, of course. But let's be real; he just doesn't have the energy to run again. His wife knew; that's why she made those statements. We don't know who's running the country. She knew. Obviously, she couldn't tell us in in full terms, but she knew. The fellow cannot, run. Michael. The fellow cannot run again. So you 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 bring in a a a, a kingy bay. Or Dankwambo, uh, however you say his name. You bring him. You're going to say to the fellow you can run only one term because after two th uh, 2022, the South's turn again. Well, King Bay is, is, is quite old. I think he's almost probably 70 now or close to 70. Oh, well, well, we don't want him. I mean, I mean, well, that's a bit hypocritical considering I'm, I'm supporting an Atiku ticket. Well, the, the thing is, there'll be... 
permutations. But what I, I know for certain is, even after watching Obama's uh, departure from office, mm. even I, who wasn't even president, I could see how much it even hurt me walking away from all that power. All of a sudden, he left Air Force One and now <laughs> on a commercial plane. Right, yeah. Even as they say in Nigeria, it even pained me, and I was not even the president. Mm, mm, mm. So I don't foresee any northern candidate agreeing to do one, one term. term. Right. One so, term. But that's the only deal, um, uh, Michael, that's the only deal on the table. That is actually the only deal. If you want to woo the Southeast, you're not going to say to them to wait out another two terms. It doesn't make sense. Why should they? It's the South's turn in 2022, according to the gentleman's agreement that we have. So why should a Peter Obi, a Willie Obiano, wait another 10 years? Why? Who knows what could happen in, 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 in those intervening years? You know. Well, that's probably why Obasanjo and a few others seem to be saying we should just have a Southeastern president. Now. now. Yeah. So, I just don't. I would love it, but I just don't see it, Michael, because the North is going to sabotage it. Not, not necessarily, because you know, there's there's two wings in the North. There's the what I'll call the moderate, intelligent wing, and I'll call the extreme, unintelligent wing. The problem is the Buhari faction of the North belongs mm. to that sort of. A butcher faction. Yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. want to be rude. But no, no, no. You're not. You're, you're right. You're right. I mean, we can see evidence of what you're saying right now. So you're right. Go on. Yes, they're the sort of unthinking kind who are not even able to understand that. Look, in your own self-interest, sometimes you have to see part of the other side. What's mm. the thinking wing? The group made up of Babangida, Gusau, Abdusalami, and Co. Mm. Would see that. Look, the only way to preserve our privileges in this fiefdom is to at least pretend to be caring and give the Southeast power for two years, I mean, for two terms. In that way, it, pr- it preserves the status quo. It preserves yes, the status quo. Mm. Yes, so if, if that wing, because I, I see that that wing is uh, gradually gaining uh, relevance, I, I, if they win the debate, then it is possible that it will be my run or... At, at worst, they might just make him. A, they might make the South give the Southeast the vice presidential ticket. We need look any ticket, and I've said it. I've said it since 2013. Any ticket now that doesn't have a Southeast candidate on it does not get my support. It doesn't get because no. it's, it's like we're playing with fire. It doesn't get my support because it's it's just not a goal. There's no way to me you can justify the continued absence of a credible, viable Southeast name on a presidential ticket. And the thing is, the thing is, if Buhari's situation is critical, as it might very well be, if his situation is critical and um, what's his name has to be the president, the VP has to be the president, that gives Tenubu some kind of leverage, doesn't it? Because don't rule him out of this equation yet. Well, well, that's the other factor because if, uh, we don't know the future, but if in the unfortunate event that Buhari dies before 2019, then everything is blown out of the window because nobody's going to tell the prof not to run in 2019. He's not going to win. But he's not going to win. Well, we don't don't know that because it will all be based on what gentlemen's agreements can be reached. Many of these politicians are reasonable because if prof wins, uh, gets into power, for example, the, what I call the, the unthinking wing of the 
northern oligarchy will be out of the equation. So the likes of IBB and Abdusalami will come to the fore. And if Prof can do a deal with them and sit down and say, okay, look, you tell us who you want your VP to be. But Michael, what does that mean for the Southeast? This scenario, what does it mean for the Southeast? Because you can't have a Yoruba president and an Igbo VP. What does it mean for the Southeast in this scenario? That's the scenario that Prof what? is the is the is the president for the remaining two years. You know, we're just hypothesizing, guys. Think with us. Prof is the uh, president for, say, between now and 2019, right? And he wants to run, yep. which I personally think is a really bad idea. He wants to run. What does that lead the Southeast? Are we going to ask them to wait again? Well, um, what the, the, that's where the negotiations come through because listening to the agitation in the Southeast, even from the likes of Peter Albee, their demand is not necessarily even the presidency or the vice presidency. What they are saying is, look, we are traders, we are business people, we are people who just get on with our lives and get things going. If you can negotiate a Nigeria that gives them the freedom to do their own thing, then, to be honest, the presidency is more or less meaningless. So, well, because to be honest, I don't mind if two northerners are on the top and bottom ticket of an election. If they can restructure Nigeria like I mean, the United States. Michael, I, you and I are on the same page with this. You know that, right? But I, yes. I'm sorry. I don't agree with you. I think the symbol of an, a Southeasterner on the ticket and in office is so powerful. Yes, we want Nigeria restructured. Everybody wants Nigeria restructured, but I don't trust. Apologies to my listeners from, from the North. I don't trust that a, northern, a Northerner will do it. I just don't trust that they will do it. Well, it, it depends on the, uh, uh, if, if it's a northern politician with, with a good understanding of uh, self-interest, then I think they can at least, not, not fully devolve powers, but at least negotiate some sort of accommodation, which I'm sure the British and Americans who are speaking to the northern elite have already probably told them that, look, this thing cannot hold like this. There has to be some sort of accommodation. So I'm, I'm sure it can be done. All we need is just people to sit down and talk. So you see a situation whereby if the prof is the president for, say, two years, the Southeast can be accommodated by devolution. Yes. Or even with the Senate presidency or speak, Speaker of the House, they can stab uh, Dogra in the back. And oh, he, I mean, he stabbed, he stabbed someone in the back to get there, so that's not a problem. <laughs> that's not a problem. Well, Nigerian politics is about the mm. backstabbing. So mm. they'll, they'll always they'll find a way to solve the problem, but I think... The IPOB agitation, because at the moment Namdi Kanu is the real. He's a power yeah, broker in, in in the southeast, right? I mean, I, I made a little thread on on Twitter about this. I don't know if you had a chance to read it. I posit that come two thousand and nineteen, he's going to be a very wealthy man. I posit that. I posit. Well, he's already uh, well funded. I think he's, he's going to be so important that yeah. potential presidential candidates will visit with him. That yes, is what I yes, see. Try and, uh, carry his yes, member. that so, is what I see. Because if IPOB were a registered party today, IPOB could clearly win seats in the Senate, even win a governorship. Clearly. Yeah, yeah they, they, are, they are popular. So, but what is the agitation? The agitation is not really the presidency. It's more, we want more of a say. Because, for example, this Buhari's... Yeah, but uh, you know, you have to go for the most extreme. So you leave negotiating room. Because if you, if you go for a small little bit, they can give you nothing and you they'll tell you to be happy. So if you go for the most extreme, they will tell you, okay, we can meet you quarter way. And that's you, yes. leaving, the, that's you leaving the table with something. You know, that's why IPOB is as extreme as it is. Because it needs to be to get anything. Well, I, I 
to be honest, I the agitation for self-determination is something that I support amongst all groups in Nigeria because the truth of the matter is this system is not working. So people need to agitate more for devolved uh, governments. I agree. As long as there's no violence or hate speech, then I'm, I fully support uh, uh, it. That's, that's you dreaming a bit. There's no way there won't be violence, Michael. And there's certainly no way there won't be any hate speech. That's just par for the course. It's what we do about those things. Because I don't think IPOP's case is unreasonable. I mean, I hate some of the language that's being used to make the case, but I don't yeah. think the case is unreasonable. Do you know what I mean? I, I think it, I think I think we we're at we're at the juncture now where I mean and to go back to my choice of Buhari as the uh, as a president, my support for Buhari as a president, I actually thought the fellow could go for broke. Isn't there's nothing to lose? You have the Southwest as part of this coalition that's very keen and strong on devolution. I actually, yes, naive it may be, actually thought that we could get something from this process, right? But apparently not. So if you, if you may, I mean, I'm really, really reluctant to have Prof running in 2019, to be very honest. I think the Southwest kind of needs to take a back seat from the presidency for a little bit. And a lot of my Yoruba listeners might be sniggering at that, but I really think we do. Um, we are not the only people in the South. There are others in the South. And when we talk about, I mean, GJ was very much an accidental president. So when we talk about, and look at what it took for him to be president. It took real agitation in the South-South. It took a damn near breaking of Nigeria by the South-South in order for him to get on the ticket. Now, IPOB is not controlling natural resources, but they're controlling business. If IPOB really wanted to flex its muscles and they adopted a more, a more moderate tone so they could bring more Igbos into their fold, and they said, look, to show Nigeria that we mean business for a week, for two days, three days, let's close down our businesses. What are people going to do? Well, then, they, they, go on. they already have uh, clout because they're spending a lot of money on lobbying. And then you have to remember that the funny thing is all the Nigerian MPs in the British Parliament. They're all Igbo. All of Igbo origins. Well, apart from it, one, is, I think there's one that isn't Igbo. I don't think so. I think there's, no, there's two or three No, of them they're, they're Igbo. They're Igbo. She's a counselor. They're all Igbo. You're right. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then in, in America as well, the Igbos are very, very successful. They're mm-hmm. spending money on mm-hmm. lobbying so mm-hmm. the tide is turning and I, I just think the the wise heads amongst nigerian lead, leadership understand this and they're already having conversations the problem is buhari and his loyalists are too stubborn and they're too close-minded they're not willing yes. to really view nigeria as as the realities are on the ground today and that that that's a good and a bad thing it's a good thing because i don't trust them to do the right thing it's a bad thing because it, it leads us closer to the precipice, you know, so there is that. But I mean, I really, really, really hope to forestall any chance of, of a breakout of violence because the, the uncertainty would lead to that. If Buhari is really as unwell as, as I suspect he is, and they refuse, because think about it, the Daura, Maman Daura and Abakiari, they're not going to go lightly, Michael. They are going to try as hard as possible to delay any transfer of power. The, the thing is, Abakiri, by nature, is is quite urbane, urbane. So he's made a lot of friendships across the divide. So he, to be honest, doesn't have much to worry about. Even Mamandara doesn't really have much to worry about. The person who should be terrified is 
the DG of DSS. Oh, yes. Uh, he's the one who has fought many of uh, Buhari's dirty battles. Uh, Magu of EFCC2 probably should be a bit worried. So, there's some... Even uh, your friend, El Rufai, sh- should also be worried. My they friend. are the ones who mm-hmm. have made enemies. <laughs> so, if the wrong person holds power, they are the ones who should be worried, not... Uh, uh, Abakir is actually fine. I think... I think... In terms of you're talking about personally, I'm not talking about personal worries. Power is power. Power is riches. Power is influence. Power is a lot of things, and you don't talk about them just as individuals. They represent a lot of interests beyond their, beyond their own. So even if I mean you got a situation whereby Abakir is okay, all right, that's it, fellows. We're packing up our bags. This fellow's, you know, he's incapable of leading this country anymore. He's really ill, etc. Do you think it's just up to him? There are forces behind the throne, forces bigger than Abakir and whoever. I mean, they're the, 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 they're the figureheads or the heads, but there are a lot of forces behind the throne. I mean, but now we're talking about the sultans, the, the emir or whatever they're called. There's a, there's a whole block behind the situation. How do you pacify those? How do you convince them to well, once again, because they're going to see it as cheating again? Well, the, to, be, to be honest, the sultan of Sogodo, for example, who is the overall spiritual leader uh, from what I've always heard he's never been really uh, particularly close to Harry sorry Uwe. just just pause 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 for, pause, all... pause for a minute Michael right apologies we were talking about the uh, Sultan of uh, Sokoto go on yes so from what I've always uh, known from my own in quotations uh, sources the Sultan of Sokoto has never been particularly close to uh, Buhari mm. and he's more of a Babangida loyalist mm. and if you know the dynamics the Sultan of Sokoto also made private representations on behalf of uh, Dasuki because mm. they belong to the same uh, family so the whilst in public the Sultan will probably show loyalty to the Buhari cause mm. he won't lose sleep over the fact that Buhari is gone okay. the people who you might say are more his loyalists might even be the maybe Emmy of Kano or the Emmy of Daura. Those are the ones who might try to uh, make noise, but not uh, Sokoto. Okay, so you're you're you, it appears you're a bit more optimistic about this arrangement than I am. Um, I think there's a lot of trouble ahead, a lot of trouble ahead, especially if people are determined to not do the right thing. Um, I see that Tunubu has been completely sidelined, and I see that egos are bruised and. Unless they're 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 willing to be as pragmatic as you suggest, I'm not certain that it's going to be smooth sailing at all. If Buhari doesn't come by the end of, but let's give it a fortnight, for example. If he's as ill as people suggest he is, who knows? You know, who 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 really knows? Now, before we go quickly, what's the opposition doing, Michael? Because we we're in dire need of a credible opposition party, and none seems to be forthcoming. What's the deal there? Well, they are still having conversations as to the nature of the alliances. And you know the way these people work. They don't hold their meetings in Nigeria. They hold them abroad. So you'll be finding that uh, Tinubu seems to always be going to London to go and fix his toes, his knees. (laughs) If there's one thing to fix. Mm -hmm. So you know what they're all doing in London because that's the only way they can talk without somebody not spying or listening into their conversations. So... These, these are political elites in a very strange way. They are very, very intelligent. They know things that are working. They are talking. But at the moment, 
we we don't what we don't know is what shape their conversations are going to take. But I know the likes of uh, Sule Lamido, for example, are interested in the presidency. Uh, Dan Kwambo may be. So uh, Peter B is obviously in in play. Uh, GJ too. He might not necessarily run, but he will play a role. Mm. But what what they don't fully understand is what shape it will take. But I think maybe by the end of this year, towards the middle of this year, uh, things will become clearer. But I, but one thing I'm I'm sure of is behind the scenes conversations are taking place. Oh, they're always taking place. <laughs> That's the thing. Conversations are always taking place. I mean, it's becoming more and more apparent that the vice president is not in control of things. You know, they're still trying to keep a lid on it. But it's, I mean, if you, if you really know how to read the tea leaves, it's, it's right there for you to see. And the example you gave earlier probably sums that up very nicely. Um, so the march is going ahead on Monday, like I said. I really, really hope it works. I hope it sparks something. And if the march works, it'll make them less likely, I suppose, to lie to us about the condition of the president. Um, but this is me being optimistic once again. So, yeah. What are your last thoughts, Michael, before we depart? Well- well, my main concern about the march is I'm just praying that after what they did to the IPOP protesters and the Shiites, that the police do not kill anyone because they are trying to protect the Buhari government. I hope the march is as peaceful as it can be. And the other thing I would say again is this march, to be, to be frank, should be a big, in, in, in effect, is more or less saying shame on all our human rights activists, shame on all our NGOs. Oh, that's not fair, Michael. That's not, no, that's not fair. Remove the political figures. The NGOs and the human rights activists. You've just given an instance now where people, the Shiites were gunned down and nobody's been tried yet despite the report presented. Not one single soldier has been court-martialed or or even tried in in a civilian court. You've mentioned IPOB, no soldier, no police officer is being prosecuted. And now you want a human rights activist to go and take bullets for us? Are we really? Well, they don't even have Michael? to take bullets. But we had activist groups that in the past would not have led this lie. I mean, look at Pastor Tune Bakari, who by this time three years ago would have been spitting fire no, you're on right. the pulpit. You're right, you're Say, right. Says nothing these days. You're right. It's like... Enough is enough, and all the others. No, enough kept... is enough is the one organizing the march. Remember? Well, they, they were they were shamed into doing it because Two Face started making. No, 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 no. That's not true. That's not true. It was their march to begin with, and Two Face came on board. Well, that, that's not my recollection of events. No, no, no. Really, it was not. The, it was not their march to begin with. I mean, it was their march to begin with, or they organized it with Two Face, one of the two. But it wasn't a situation whereby no, Two Face started it and they jumped on. No way. No, 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 no. no, no. That's that's my recollection of the oh, events no, no, no. It, 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 it didn't. But, it didn't happen like that. But even beyond them, we have so many uh, public commentators. I mean, look at even our journalists. Ah, uh, but those ones are li- those Bandini. those ones are lily livered. Come on, they're they're brown envelope people. Come on, really? They don't yeah. ask Michael. They don't ask any questions. They don't probe. They don't do anything. They just regurgitate what they've been told. You know. So 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 that that's my point. And what what hurts, like I said today, is the fact that when Buhari was being elected, these people told us that the moment he starts messing up. We will be the ones who will call him out before you guys even say anything. Well, I can't lie. I've been doing my job. I mean, I'm nobody in the scheme of things, but I've been doing my job. And a few other people have been doing their jobs on Twitter, even people who sold Buhari harder than I did. They've been doing their jobs on Twitter. So maybe with us, you know, we're doing okay. 
is is the people above us, the people directly in the corridors of power, if not physically, at least via their pen. And yeah, okay, they've been letting us down, but I don't think it's fair to criticize them en masse because there's real danger out here, real danger. So it's everybody's well, protecting their necks. Well, I, I know there, there is danger, but they've, Buhari has become this monster because nobody's saying anything. So what I'm saying is, this is madness. And these political leaders need to get some backbone and speak up. Because, I mean, look at someone like MQ Abiola. He's not really remembered for his wealth. He's remembered for June 12th. Because for the first time, he put his back on the line and said, look, I'm rich, Bamangada is my friend, but this is madness. Mm. And that's what we need to see from our, our public intellectuals. Yeah, because well. that, look, your life where you stand up for something. Mm. I mean... Yes, sorry, uh, I, I'm uh, sorry uh, to keep pontificating. No, 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 no. I mean, look, you're speaking my mind. I feel, we feel, you and I are so aligned on many things apart from GJ. So you're, you're speaking my mind on... GJ and El I Oh, well, and El yes, and El Apparently, El pays me two million per tweet, so I'm really quite rich right now, Michael. It would help if you shared that money. <laughs> That's serious money, man. <laughs> I'm rolling in it right about now, you know. No, I, yeah, I mean, apart from El you said, but El is on his job. He's on his job. They've arrested some people in Southern Kaduna the other day, and I really do hope that they get to the fin- financiers of this of this bullshit, you know, so we get some peace up there. But, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's about to go down this week. Maybe we'll have calls to talk again by the end of the next week if our fellow is still not back in the country, eh? Well, I, I wish him a speedy recovery. As do I. But I hold just... on, hold on. How do we know he's ill? Have they told us that he's ill? Have they told us that he's even receiving treatment? Well, he told us he was going to see his doctors. And you know, Buhari, with his uh, personal photographer in the past, even Buhari going on the plane, there'll be pictures of it. Buhari having breakfast, there'll be pictures. <laughs> well, hey, as far as, as far as we know, he's hell and hearty. They haven't told yeah. us that there's anything wrong with the fellow. So, yeah. wishing him a spe- wish, right, wishing him a speedy recovery is, you know, as far as we know, he's healthy. He just refuses to come home because they haven't told us otherwise, right? Well, to be fair, I don't blame him. There's no light in Nigeria, as I gather. <laughs> well, there's lights on Asso Rock now, so it's not like he was feeling it. Yes, well, but you know, and because when I saw my friends when they visit England, even they are just like, look, we're tired of that country. So I probably see why Buhari himself wants to just chill here. So. Nonsense. I just wish him all the best. Yes, and hope as do I, as do I. As do I. He should just, uh, just sort out the forex policy and just listen to good advice. But because ah, it's too late. he's basically squandered all the goodwill. Ah, he has. I mean, he did it so rapidly as well. That's a surprise, you know. He did it, like, within six months, it was almost evaporated, I think. So there is also that. But hey, here we are. Michael, as usual, it's been very, very good having you on the show. You always, you know, teach me so much. We find common ground so often, and I really like that. Um, take care of yourself, and hopefully we'll get together again real soon to go over the same issues in a different light. Thank you so much. You have a good afternoon. Hang on, hang on. Yes, yes.